Welcome to another episode of Awaken the Kingdom Within. Welcome to another episode of Awaken the Kingdom Within. This is Bishop Cheryl. Thank you for stopping by to spend some time with me. Awaken the Kingdom Within is is the uh, result of the journey of a faith-based individual. I'm a Christ follower. Uh, I say that up front so that you understand it's not um, a journey that I'm trying to be different from Christ. I'm really, my goal is can I be like him and be the embodiment of love and selflessness Um he sets the bar really high and we have to reach it because I believe that's the ingredient that changes the world when we're like him. Uh, I was listening to a series of um, discussions today and one of them really prompted me doing this podcast. So my question really that I'm exploring is, can the fearless uh, teach the fearful, when we have a particular a point of view, a frame of reference is probably better, can we really relate to someone that doesn't have that perspective? For example, one of my dear friends, she's like a sister, she zip lines. And these aren't low zips. These aren't, you know, where your feet touch the ground. <laughs> when you get, you know, if you get afraid, they're like, okay, just, you know, like you stand up in three feet of water. When you get fearful and you're, you know, six feet tall, you just stand up, right? Now, these aren't those type. These, these are high-flying, long, mile, mile long, double mile long, um, zip corridors and she does them all over the world in fact um i'll i'll put in in the uh description of today if you're one of those individuals who is a person of faith and you love um expanding your faith doing zips i'll put it in the description um of this podcast but I wondered if a person was, you know, afraid to stand on a chair. The person who is willing to zip line from, you know, Mount Everest to the the next lower mountain, could could they could they teach them about walking a path if they didn't have the same perspective. My mind went to this passage of scripture that's in the book of Acts. And the New Kings James Version reads, you know, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they had laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. And fixing his eyes on him with John and 
with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This passage somewhat answered my question, and that is, the one who had the perspective of begging, you know, of needing assistance and um, being stationary. He wanted, his mindset was in survival. The disciples, because they were empowered with the mindset and they were learning the I said and the they were walking out the life of Christ, they saw beyond the man's state. And even though he wanted money, they were able to give him something of value for his life that changed it and it it elevated him. So it was beyond, it's not that he didn't need money. It's just they gave him something that was life-changing, not life-sustaining. You know, money would have helped him sustain his life. They transformed his life. And that's what I believe Christ wanted me to see in this question, that the fearless, the one that has the higher perspective, the one that's able to see beyond the present, that has a bigger picture. When walking and working on behalf of Christ, filled with the wisdom of God, you're, you're able to elevate. You're able to bring people to a new transformational place where their lives are transformed and they're not thinking of maintaining or sustaining or living with. They're transformed. And that's really a theme that runs through the lessons in many of the New Testament is this transformation. Uh, what sparked this conversation was um, I was listening to someone teaching Well, they were really kind of sharing and uh, they were talking about Christian mysticism and 
they basically were suggesting to people, even though it was a little stronger than a suggestion, that they should be afraid of it, cautious of it. And as one who studies it and I've read books on it and I'm it's it's something that I feel enhances the lives of people of faith. I was really I was struck by that. Just the what came through to me was because mysticism is often associated associated with um, types of thinking that this particular individual felt were contrary to knowing Christ. They were cautious. And to me, that was fearful. And I began to think about it. And I always try to flip something, not to be about the person, but about me. So I began to kind of think, sure, what is it about you that was so taken aback with that? And I believe um, part of it was I've never been afraid to explore any any branch of Christianity. I realize individuals normally are taught a particular dogma, a particular tradition, a particular belief system, a, petition, a particular series of doctrines, and I respect that. I was raised um, in a in an apostolic environment, and we have really strong traditions and teachings around that. Um, you know, I was reading Acts three. If you back into Acts two, um, that's really kind of like the heart of um, apostolic Pentecostal theology. But I have always been an investigator and a seeker, and I have always. Uh, taking journeys into various traditions of Christianity. And I love it. It's, it's like my friend ties zip lining. I don't mind how much in the outer rim what I'm studying appears to be. Um, that is one of the reasons why I love early Christianity um, in the in the early centuries of it, even back to the Didache, which is um, an anonymously written book of the first century church and how those churches who were Christians, how church was basically conducted in those early years. It's a fascinating piece of material to read. And I loved when I learned about Eastern Christianity, which is really the life of Christ in the context of Christ. I love that. Um, Christ was not a Westerner. He was an Eastern individual. I love that. I have studied and uh, Roman Catholicism. Um, and for me, studying is to attend, you know, a mass and to be included in families that are Catholic and practice Catholicism. I've been involved with in Orthodoxy. I just enjoy seeing um, the, my faith practiced in tradition. And um, that includes studying the church fathers and the early Christians 
they didn't have a book. They had traditions. They had ways that they lived. And so prayer and meditation and contemplation are all key components of Christian mysticism. Someone can take the name and it can mean something else. But in its heart, it's really seeking to have that oneness with the divine presence, you know, the we the presence of God that we find in being followers of Christ, that's really what we're seeking, and that's really the heart of the Christian mystic is to be in that presence. Um, so I thought it was interesting uh, to hear that perspective, but I understood it because as someone who has sat through, you know, several experiences at a Hare Krishna temple, I realized there are a lot of people who wouldn't do that either. So it led me to this discussion, you know, and it's true. Um, what we do when we're somewhat high flying is we have to be able to have that mindset that Peter and John had when they understood something beyond the perspective of that believer. What I ask them, what they ask the man to do is often what I ask people who listen to me to do and those who are in the community of faith to do. Can you receive that there is more that Christ has in the experience that you have with him? And can you just embrace that there is more? more than even what I've brought. He does more, exceedingly more. When we stretch and we ask him to be more real, to demonstrate yourself more, let me see exactly who you are. That stretch is what I believe John and Peter did. We don't have silver and gold that you're asking that would be sustaining but I have something so much better. I have the ability to change your life and transform you. You went from sitting, now you're leaping and you're running and you're praising. Now you're in a whole different place. And that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast is to share what I'm thinking. And hopefully as I try to stretch myself and say, Lord, help me. Give me more. Help me see you bigger. Help me understand you bigger that it might encourage someone else. There is more. He has more for us. I'll leave you with this. Uh, 2 Timothy in the first chapter, verses 3 through 7. I'm going to read out of the Message Bible because I love the way this sounds. The author writes, every time I say your name in prayer, which is practically all the time, I thank God for you, the God I worship with my whole life in the tradition of my ancestors. I miss you a lot, especially when I remember that last tearful goodbye and I look forward to a joy-packed reunion. That precious memory triggers another, your honest faith. 
And what a rich faith it is. Handed down from your grandmother Lois to your mother Eunice and now to you. And the special gift of ministry you received when I laid hands on you and prayed. Keep that ablaze. God doesn't want us to shy, to be shy with his gifts, but bold and loving and sensible. Thank you, Timothy. You know, thank you, Paul. I receive that. You know, that in the King James or the New King James, we many know this better as God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Um, but of love, power, and a sound, sound mind. And I love the way the Message Bible says, he doesn't want us to be shy with his gifts, but bold and loving and sensible. And that for me, in my world, is he's giving me the grace to go out into his body and meet parts of him that others are afraid to engage with. In the book of Revelations, I love this because the author gives us the unveiling of Christ. And in that, excuse me, in that unveiling, he talks about seven churches. They are different They're not the same. Or you don't hear one church saying, well, you know, you don't want to be like Laodicea. You don't hear that. He describes them. He says, these are the things that I celebrate about them. And these are the things I wish were different. But I still love you. When I'm sitting in the various churches I'm listening for Christ and looking for him. And that's what I feel like when I'm a part of Christian mysticism. While some think of mysticism relating to forms of spirituality that are fearful. For me, it gives me an opportunity to engage on a level with individuals and hopefully share with them my tradition by us having a common path of walking with Christ. If you're unique and you're different and you have great gifts that he's given you with which to share his love and his compassion with this world, Don't be shy with those gifts because he hasn't given you a spirit of fear. He wants you to be bold and loving and sensible. If what we talked about today resonated with you, Then I invite you to read Seven Keys to Awaken the Kingdom of Heaven Within. The book I wrote is designed to take you on a journey of self-discovery and spiritual renewal. It comes together with a journal 
and it's available exclusively at CherylNaomiDavis.com.